0: Amen. Amen. Glory to God. God is good. Um, so we've been on a series started last week entitled, Let Us Pray. Um, I've been, I feel like that some things that God's spoken to me since last year about how vitally important that our lives are, each one of our lives are, to the advancement of the kingdom and and realizing God's purpose for us. You know, uh, one of the things that I've noticed just in my life in connecting with other people through the years is that so many people don't realize why they're here. So many people don't realize what their destiny is. And I, and I think that um, people just generally are stressed over that. They're, they're stressed out because they don't know for sure why they're here. And um, I was, years ago, I was, um, I was in another town with someone. This is probably 15 years ago. I was in another town with a person in a big city, and we were. I was. I was actually that morning. I was going to work with this person because I was dropping them off. And I was going to use their car in this in this town. They wanted me to use their car instead of renting a car. And and uh, as a family member of mine, and um, so we were in this big city and stuck in traffic, and it was about. It was about six: 15 or 6: 20 in the morning, and uh, for this person to get to where they needed to be in work, they had to leave they had to leave at a certain time where they actually got to work an hour and 15 minutes early, Because if they didn't leave at a certain time, they'd be about 20 minutes late. <laughs> That's how bad the traffic was. And I remember sitting in the car with this person. And thinking to myself, <laughs> I'm really glad I don't do this every day. You know, I mean, I was thinking to myself, and and because we had so much time in traffic to talk, I was asking this person, you know, so you you like this? You like doing this? And and I I, I, I mean I remember it like it was yesterday, and. Uh, and this was, their, this was their comment. I have to do it. I have to do it. And, and, you know, we talked a little bit, and through the years we've talked, and that person's not even doing that anymore. And, and, but I just remember that day thinking, you know, I don't want to have to do anything. I don't, I don't want to have to do something. I, I, I want to be able, I, I mean, you know, we all sh- need to be putting our hand to something. You understand what I'm saying? Well, And there's times when you have to do specific things because that's what you have to do. But to have to have a career that you don't even like? No. That's not part of the destiny of God. That's not not part of His plan. And, And so many people don't really know what they're called to do. And the only way that you will ever know what God really has for you is to know how to hear his voice you have to know how to hear his voice because he had a plan for you and I before we were even thought about and to hear God's voice you know is is, there's a lot in that there's a there's a whole there's a whole process involved in really understanding how to hear the voice of God it's not it's not something that has to be foreign to us. It's something that God created us. He created us to connect with Him. Last week, I defined prayer in, in its simplest form is just communicating with God. Real prayer is connecting with God and communicating with Him and knowing what He wants out of me in the form of speaking things and declaring things. Praying. What we think of when we think of prayer a lot of times is we think of maybe prayer list or having to do something or having this or whatever. And it's not something that we have to do. It's something that God wants. He wants our relationship so connected that it turns into something that I want to do. I want a fellowship with Him. I want to have relationship with Him. I want to know how to hear His voice. And I want to live on planet earth hearing his voice and then doing what he said doing what he said so so what what does it mean to live a life of prayer the title of my message today is let us pray well we read last week and I'll just read this again in first timothy chapter 2 and verse 1 It says, Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. How many? All. Not just some, but all. For kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. It's God's will that first of all that we live a life of prayer. Okay? So we got to understand that. It's not, you know, you, you, you have to, for, for me to understand something, I've got to dig it out. <laughs> you know, I can, I can read a book about someone else's ideas about what prayer is, but then I've got to work that out in myself so it becomes a part of me and not something that I feel like I have to do to measure up to what someone else does. I used to think that if I wasn't up by 5.30 and praying for an hour or hour and a half before I went to work or whatever it was that I was doing, I used to think that God wouldn't, wasn't going to really be happy or pleased with me. Well, I can't find that anywhere in the Word, that I have to be up at 5.30 and praying for two hours. Well, when you're not even really sure what prayer is, to go through the motions of wearing yourself out, I mean, I, I used to do that, but I'd fall asleep. You know, I'd pray and I'd be doing certain things and I'd fall asleep. Now, there are, there are a lot of people that I know that do that every morning and I mean, it's part of their life. And they want to do that. They, it's a part of them. But for me, it was something that I had to dig out and figure out for myself what real prayer is. You know, because true prayer is communicating and connecting with God. So, w- one of the things that is the will of God and you find this in First Thessalonians 5. One of the things that's the will of God for your life is that you pray always. Well, <laughs> you got to figure that out too. Because if prayer is a position and I'm going to be on my knees and i got to be in a closet somewhere or at a bed or someplace where I can bow my knees and fold my hands, and that's what prayer is, and, and it says the will of God is for me to pray always, I ain't got time to do nothing else. But see, we've got to work those things out. What does that mean? I've got to work it out to understand what it means for me on a day-to-day basis because he said what is good and acceptable and perfect and right in his eyes is for us to first of all pray. Amen? First of all, make declarations and supplications you know, to God on behalf of who? All men. How do you do that? I mean, how do I accomplish that on a day-to-day basis? So, today and, and the, the next two Sundays, I'll f- finish this out. I'm just going to talk a little bit more about what prayer is and what it looks like and how it's connected to your success in life. God created you and I to be successful, but He created us to be successful accomplishing His purpose and plan. And when first, before I do anything else, I've got to have a revelation of prayer. If that's, if that's true, based on what we've read here, and some of the other things we read last week, if that's true, that first of all I need to understand prayer, then my success in everything else I do is connected to prayer. But we've got to understand it. And not be under, under this heavy burden of something I've got to try to accomplish that literally wears me out. And I, I don't know, I mean, some people not that way, but prayer used to wear me out to where I, you know, it just, I mean, it literally gave me a headache. Some of you are looking at me like, man, you, you, you just, what in the crowd were you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what I was doing, so I'm just sharing with you some of that. Amen? Okay, so let, let's look at Matthew chapter 6. We read a little bit out of the Lord's Prayer. <clears throat> um, well, this really isn't the Lord's Prayer. Okay. This is a model prayer. Okay? Jesus didn't go everywhere from synagogue to synagogue praying these words. This is this is what it was a model of how we should pray. So what 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 a model is is something that is given to you to help you understand how to do whatever it is you need to do. Right? And and so in prayer this is a model of how we're to pray and things that we need, what we, what we need involved in our supplicating and, de- and declaring and, and interceding and, and standing for certain things and for people, for all men. Okay, People's lives are changed because people pray. But we have to be effective at what we're, what we're doing in what we call prayer. So, in verse nine, he said, "In this manner pray. After, kind of, after this model pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or separated or holy is His name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, as it is in heaven." So he said. In other words, Jesus is saying here, and I'll, this is all I'm going to read out of this today. We'll, Touch this a little bit more of this next week out of the Lord's out of this prayer, which the Lord gave us as a model of how to pray. Okay? But he said, pray this way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. The same way that his will is done in heaven. Actually, his will is already done and accomplished in heaven. Jesus Christ brought heaven to earth. The Spirit of the living God that was in Jesus was left to live inside of you and I so that we could demonstrate in the earth the will and the plan of God. And it's God's will and plan through His Word to first of all pray for all men, for people. And the more we pray... And the more we learn how to pray and stand in the gap and be there and help other people through the words of our mouth, the more we understand that, the more successful we'll be at everything else we do. And why is that? Why is that? There's, there's probably a dozen different scriptures that, that back this up, but I'm going to just give you a couple of those. One of them is found in, in the book of Proverbs. I'm not sure, I'm not remembering which chapter it is. But one of them is in Proverbs. And it says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue, in the power of what we say. In other words, the authority of what we say. Life and death are in the power of what comes out of our mouth. So, most people think that just directly, I have to say that a good majority of people that I know think that life and death where your life is concerned and even where other people's lives are concerned is in the hand or the power of God. But life and death is in the power of what I say whether I say what God says is so or whether I say what I see is so. Okay? So, when I'm, in, when I'm in a relationship or in contact with another person, and let's say it's somebody that you really don't like, because you're born again and because of the power of God on the inside of you, 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 have, you have the ability to either bind people up or your words work at releasing people's lives one or the other. And the reason he said first of all that prayers and supplications and thanksgivings and and intercessions be made on behalf of all men is because we need to really realize what supplications and declarations and intercessions really are. If you're at work one day and you're around somebody that's Talking bad about someone else, and you don't like what they're saying, and you walk away, and you know, and you start saying with your mouth, you start identifying that person based on the way you see them and you, the things that you've heard them say. What happens is your words start working to solidify that in that person. You see, people, a lot of times we don't want to take responsibility like that because we want to voice our opinion about what we think about other people. But think about this and this this isn't like putting some condemnation on you because you've said things bad about other people i mean i mean who, who in here hasn't everybody said something bad about someone? everybody no everybody has everybody has repeatedly everybody has said what they feel about what someone else has done but what would happen what would happen if you chose to walk away from a situation and begin to speak the Word of God over that person's life, what would happen? I'm not saying that it's going to deliver a person overnight. But the Scriptures we're going to read here in a minute are going to enforce why you were created to bring prayers and supplications and intercessions on behalf of all men, why you were created to do that, and how we can turn and change the whole world if we get a a revelation of this. If we personally get a revelation of what real prayer is, we can change the whole world with our words. Because see, when you control your words and your thoughts, you control your actions. See, a person that's disciplined in what they say and disciplined in their thought life begins to discipline and control their physical bodies and the things that they do or that they say about others. So, with that in mind, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there any critical spirit in heaven? Well, you've got to believe that. Because I think some people think maybe there's like a corral where you put all the critical people in heaven, you know? Well, they're going to be. Well, the fact that you're looking at somebody like that means you're one of them. So we we just have to learn this stuff because it liberates your life and you're free to do good instead of controlled by evil. So I I just want to be free to do right. Amen? Now, um, look at. I got two passages left to read. One of them is 45 verses, but it's all right. No. Luke 10 and verse 2. <clears throat> then he said to them, to his disciples, Send them out two by two into the different cities. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way, behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. And that's really what it's like. When when you choose to do what's right, when you choose to to make decisions to do what's right with what you say and your attitude and the way you treat other people. It's like you're a lamb in the midst of wolves. Because all kinds of things work against you as a result of changing your attitude and what you say. Now, go to John chapter 4 and then we'll just spend the rest of our time right here. I want to show you a few things here. Here's an interesting story that actually I've spent a lot of time studying and, and, and looking at, and it really brought the revelation to me about the highways and the byways. This, this whole story did. <clears throat> and um, in verse 1, I'm just going to read, a, I'm just going to kind of skip around in here, so just follow with me. John chapter 4, and verse 1. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he left left from Judea, left from one place to go to another place. That was his highway. It says, but he needed to go through Samaria, which was his byway. And he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? I mean, absolutely no dealings. In fact, there are reports that Jews were killed for spending time with with Samaritans. Stoned to death for, for spending time with Samaritans. But Samaritans had a heart and a desire for the coming Messiah. And... Jesus went through here and gave her a prophetic word about her husband and husbands and a man that she was living with and gave her several things and, and, and just read her mail. And uh, in verse 24, it says, uh, in verse 23, he says, But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. For God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. You notice, he didn't, there were a lot of people he didn't tell who he was, because a lot of people wouldn't receive it. So, verse 27, notice what she does. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with this woman. Yet no one said, who do you seek, or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men of Samaria, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, uh, you know, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Because they're thinking of natural food. Then Jesus said to him, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. So, here's Jesus in a byway situation Comes into contact with a woman. And in Josephus' writings, he was a, he was a, a theologian, if you would. Not really a theologian, but a, but a, a scholar of the day. And he's got, he's got writings that talk about Jesus and what Jesus looked like and, and who he was. he was. He lived in that day. And in his writings, he said that this one account right here, this one account of Jesus coming off the main road and coming in contact with this one woman who he should not have even talked to, coming into contact with this one woman caused thousands of Samaritans to get born again. Because he says, he says, Josephus says, that there's a possibility that the Samaritans wouldn't even have heard about the crucifixion of Jesus had it not been for this situation right here. There's a possibility. That the the Samaritans wouldn't even have heard that Jesus was being crucified because the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans whatsoever. They bypassed them, overlooked them, went around them, never went through Samaria, always went around it because they had nothing to do with these people. But here, after the day of Pentecost and after Cornelius' transformation of of what the Bible says being the first Gentile that was saved, as a result of that, thousands of Samaritans were born again. What can happen when one person when one person is focused on kingdom business and not just natural business? What what, what was part of the prayer, the model prayer that, that his will be done on earth the same way it is in heaven. What did Jesus tell His disciples? You guys are talking about natural food, but I have food that you know nothing about. And, and my food, or, or my sustenance, is to do the will of the Father, what He's called me, what He sent me here to do, and to fulfill it, to finish it, to accomplish it. See, And again, I go back to understanding how to pray. In, in Luke there, He said, the fields are wide unto harvest. And he said, pray the Lord of the harvest that laborers will have their eyes opened up and that people will realize what they're put here for. We are put here first and foremost to see people reconcile to God. See, the more you do in the natural, the more opportunities and things that you step into in, in the form of vocation or jobs or business or whatever you do, the more that you step into the number one thing, the number one reason that you're stepping into new things is people. The reason you're stepping into new opportunities is because there's more people. And when you see that first, then everything else you do will prosper. When you see people as the most important thing to God. God is more concerned about the people that we come in contact with than anything else. And you know, every day... Every one of us come in contact with, I mean, you know, a minimum, a minimum in, in the highways and the byways, a minimum, probably, what, five or ten people, maybe at the, at the least, but some of us, 40, 50, and even 100 people that we actually come in contact with in all the places that we go in a day, 40, 50 Maybe even a hundred people, some of us, depending on what our jobs are and what we do. Think of all the people that your life come in contact with every single day. Watch what happened. Look at verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him just because of the word of the woman. <clears> hmm. <throat> who testified that he told me all that I had ever done. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. Man, that's even worse. And he stayed there, what, two days. So his byway experience took him two or three days away from his normal day-to-day dealings in life and what God was leading, because God said, I want you here, and there was a purpose. Look at all of these people as a result of one woman. One woman at a well. And you know what? I think, I think he startled her when he said, woman, give me a drink. And I think, I think it took her back. Number one, he was a Jew, and they were identified by their clothing, so they knew what, who Jews were by their clothing. And so I think it startled her when she when he said that but all of a sudden her mind had to to you know had to really focus on you know do I even want to give this guy a drink? And she chose to give him a drink and that was the most profitable drink of water that the Samaritans have ever known. <laughs> Cuz it says it says right here that they begin to believe because of her word, but look at verse 42. Then they said to the woman, after two days with him, now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. See, that's why people today See, we don't know Jesus after the flesh, so people aren't going to come in contact with the deity of God like they did there. See, He was all man and all God. Now, now people come in contact with Jesus through you and every one of us. Now people come in contact with where we're at and what we do, and people hear because we, because the purpose of the highways and byways is what? What? Fill the house, right? It's to fill the house so people can hear, so they can hear from the Word and hear from Him to make a difference in their own lives. See, see because, yeah, they heard because of her Word. So, so when you're out in the highways and the byways and you're sharing things with people and they're beginning to believe God because of what you say, you bring them into the house and they begin to hear the Word preached. And what happens? Then they begin to believe for themselves. See, we don't want to make followers of ourselves. We want to make followers of Him. That's why the house is so vital and it's so important. Because people need to be able to come and sit. See, one, one good thing about sitting right here today is you're not talking. <laughs> and when you're not talking, you're either listening or daydreaming. And if you're daydreaming, slap yourself and listen. Listen. See, it's a benefit. That's why church life, you say, well, you know, I don't need to hear all that. I don't need to come to church and hear hear the... Yeah, you do, because you're not talking. You know where the Bible says, you you know, the the Bible says, my definition of this verse is that the Bible says you have two ears and one mouth. You need to listen twice as much as you talk. And this is a good place to practice. And you're not, we're, we're not even, you know, I mean if you if you jump up while I'm preaching and we've had people do that we'll we'll shut you down but you know <laughs> we'll help you you know <clears throat> it's time to be quiet just be quiet till we get done with this right but it's a good thing to come in here because what I'm sharing with you if you noticed we just read a bunch of scriptures so I'm sharing with you what I believe God told me to say to you today Okay? That's how vitally important it is not just to hear anything. I mean, you we could line up all kinds of people just to say something, but I'm telling you today what I believe you needed to hear. And you know what happens? Everybody sitting here today gets ministered to if you're listening because it's the word. And God will say one thing through a passage of Scripture or through a verse of Scripture to one person, but He'll say something else to someone else. Because then you can take what you hear and go do what you need to do with it, and that's when God starts speaking to you personally about what you really need. See, I I don't have the ability to give you what you really need, but the Word does. And that's why we need to hear it. Can you say amen? So, They said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you said, and that was important because they wouldn't have have got what he said had she not done her part and told him what she got from him. So our part is so vitally important because other people aren't going to just come here, and especially today. Especially today, people aren't going to come to church buildings. Especially today. They're too intimidated and too scared. But when they find people that will be real with them and share things with them and just be a friend. I don't preach to people. Just, just love people. Just, I mean, it, it, a lot of times they'll just start with just saying, you know what? Hey, have a good day. You know? And after you've said that 48 times, they may ask you, why do you always say have a great day? Why do you always say that? Well, let me tell you. Yeah, that's right. Let me tell you why. Because those are the days when I didn't have any good days and when i met god see it just it just turns into something natural i can't tell you how many people that because i i just always talking to people i'm always sharing with people and i can't tell you through the years how many people have asked me so what do you do and and i you know i try to dodge telling them i'm a pastor because people get all funky with you you know you tell them you're a pastor and then they look at your collar <laughs> i can't tell you how many people look at my collar when i tell them i'm a pastor Oh, you are? And and people will mess with their collars, and they'll do all kinds of things. So I just tell them I'm in in PR work. (laughs) Public relations, right? Public, and we're relating, are we not? Yeah. (laughs) So I'm in public relations. So people don't get all freaked out and and, and act weird. But but ultimately, when I actually do tell them, they're shocked. You do what? See, because I was just nice. I've just been nice. And, and a, lot of people, a lot of people relate ugly to church. It's not the church's fault. It's just it's the devil's fault. And he's tried to make people think that everybody in the church is ugly. They don't think that's, the, that's not the way. Okay, you know, there's an ugly person every once in a while, you know. But how many ugly people in the banking world have you ever known? People don't say anything about that. Or how many ugly people are there in the, this world or that? That's you know, just ugly people. People just say ugly things or do ugly things. But they all people say, "Hey, you know, the church a bunch of hypocrites." Yeah, especially because you're here anyway. <laughs> you know, but it's just like that's what people think. So we just have to be nice to people, right? We've got to be nice to people, and there's something about being nice to people and being a part of 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 Going in and, and, and putting the sickle in the harvest by just loving on people that connects your life to something that causes other things to work out because it, you get your focus off yourself and over onto the people that God wants to meet their need through you. See, because God's already met my need, so I don't have to worry. But if I'm worrying about my need and I'm trying to help God out to meet my need, and I'm fretting and worrying and, and I'm frustrated and all those kind of things, then I'm not where God really wants me. God wants me on people. Thinking about the good of other people. And if everybody's doing it, we cover the whole earth. If all the Christians... Uh, 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 what's the word right now on how many Christians on planet earth? How many? Two billion? Yeah, one time it was one six, so it's up to two now. <clears throat> so... Six billion people on the planet, and there's two billion Christians, okay? So if everybody, all the two billion, are loving one person, well, we, that's four. And then if that two billion, you know, gets connected and starts just loving one person, then we get the other two, and then some. Right? So, so we, we, we have no excuse. We, the church should be covering the earth according to the the, the command of God in Scripture right here. See? His his desire is for us to be aware of the, the byways and the byway people and the opportunities that we have every day that get our mind off ourselves. It just takes a little bit of time and a little bit of praying and a little bit of asking and every day, Day after day after day, you'll find yourself praying for more people and more people and more people and more people. The other day, I was at a place of business, and I was just being nice to this guy. And he started telling me, you know, within about five minutes, I knew his whole life history. And uh, man, my heart just broke for this guy, you know? And what he'd been through and the things that he'd gone through and stuff. And and ever since that day, I've been praying. I've been declaring. I've been saying things about that guy's life to help him. Is that helping? I can't see it helping because I don't see the guy. But if life and death are in the power of what I say, and what I'm doing is speaking God's word over him, so, so what I'm saying over this guy is what God has already said is so. So would there be power in that? You think that's working in a positive way over that guy's life? Yeah. See, that's what we're called to do. First of all, we're called to pray. Don't go without praying. Don't do things without praying first. And when you pray and you get the ideas, and and you get the understanding of what you're supposed to do day to day, and you learn to develop that, there's no end to what can happen. Because, man, one person turns into two, turns into ten. I mean, turns into like, man, you know, some guy said, well, you know, I I, I want a ministry. Well, just start loving people. Your ministry will turn into, you know, you you may not want all that ministry. Man, that'd be calling your house at 4 o'clock in the morning need help about a specific thing, and that's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to develop into that kind of lifestyle in loving people and helping people and, and the, His Word flowing through people, so they'll do like those people say, you know what, we believe because of what you said in the beginning, but now, now, now I believe because of what He said, and what I'm saying up here today is what he's said. What I'm preaching under the anointing as an under-shepherd is the anointing to bring the Word the way Jesus brought the Word to the people. I mean, anybody that's an under-shepherd, that's what you are called to do. It's not perfect. It's not going to deliver a person, per se, just in what you're preaching, but it gives them the tools to make it part of their own so that they can become delivered and set free and live on top and not underneath. Can you say amen? amen. How many can say in here today that there was a day when you believed because of what someone else said? Right? How many in here today, you can say you believe things about God and about His Word because it's become a part of you today? You can say that. See, See so, it's, so it's, it's a transformation process, but how will that continue if we just sit on it? I'm not saying you're sitting on it. I'm just saying we can't sit on it. We've got to be aware of what's going on, and we've got to come together and pray and be a part of the harvest and all that God is doing in the earth today. No matter what other people say, no matter what others say, or how bad things at times can look, or how difficult things can look, we serve a good God who's created good days. Amen? Who's caused good and great things to happen in our lives on a day-to-day basis. And we just can't quit and can't back off no matter what it looks like. Are there difficult days? Come on. You know, anybody says they've not had a difficult day, I know you're lying. I know you are. We live on planet Earth. But do we have to allow difficult days to overcome us and get the best of us and keep us down and underneath? No, we do not. Amen? It's the best day in the history of the world to be alive right now. Ever ever. And you know what? Tomorrow's going to be that best day. And the next day is going to be the best day to be alive ever. And next week, next Monday is going to be the best day ever. Right? And, and June the 5th is going to be the best day ever to be alive. Because this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it because it's an awesome day. Amen? And great things are, are, are fixing to happen because of you and I. God working in us and through us and into the lives of other people. Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We're just so grateful today for your word.